0: going on ladies and gentlemen you are tuned into the newest edition of the punch list MMA podcast I'm your co-host Dale Lippin in here with Trey T to the R the E the Y Trey come on man what do you say
1: I say we're in week three of eight in the (laughs) middle of our UFC season I'm ready I'm ready for some New Zealand action my brother Yeah,
0: yeah, I am too. Before we get into this card real quick, let's do a recap on how we did last week. We did fairly well. Profitable week yet again. Uh, Big surprise, I think, to everybody, though. Corey Anderson, not known for uh, getting knocked out. And just the Polish power of Jan Blachowicz just slept him, man.
1: Definitely did not respect his opponent. The guy came in beyond cocky. Head movement, just like we always see in Corey Anderson, but, man, Jan sat right in that pocket and laid him out.
0: Yeah, for sure. That was my big concern going into that fight, and I think it's something you and I talked about via text messages. Is there's nothing worse than a wrestler that falls in love with his hands. The worst thing that can happen to a wrestler is him get a knockout because the next fight, you know what's going to happen. He's going to want to try to do it again. And, you know, the fight didn't really go on long enough for us to see that that's what Corey was trying to do. But what he can do uh, while he's, you know, licking his wounds, if you will, and trying to get the swing down that eye, he can take a nice bison ribeye from Steak Classy Meats. If he goes to steakclassymeats.com, uses promo code FIST, gets 10% off his entire order. He's got all the bison steak he wants. He can put it on that eye, reduce that shiner a little bit, help soften the blow of the Polish
1: power of Jan Blahovitz. Totally agree. And you know who actually should be ordering some Steak Classy Meats? Dominic Graves because that guy is not going to have to cut weight for a while. He's 100% not getting the rematch. (laughs) We all know that in a devastating fashion, like Jan Blahovic just did. And John standing there in hometown with arms wide open, just taking the receiving and saying, let's do this. UFC call me. I'm ready to go. This is the matchup. Would you say he's scared or do you think it's the correct matchup?
0: I think if you're John Jones, you've earned the right to fight whoever you want. Um, the more i've had time to think about it and the more i've I, i've watched that reyes jones fight again um you know i know initially our reaction was to be the champ you got to beat the champ but that's bullcrap right um you know the fight is scored one round at a time and i think reyes definitively won rounds one two and three in my opinion however he did not attempt at all to win the fight in rounds four and five. And when you take a round like round three that could have gone either way, um, you willingly made a choice in rounds four and five to take your foot off the gas and not solidify your victory, Um, which is, you know, you did that to yourself. You've got no one to blame but you. And John Jones doesn't owe Dominic Reyes shit. Um, So if he wants to fight Jan, let him fight Jan. If he wants to move to heavyweight, let him move to heavyweight. I'm okay with it.
1: I do have to say this about Dominic, though. At least Dominic participated in rounds four and five. And the reason I say that is because there's a fighter out there that didn't even decide to participate in round three in Diego Sanchez. That is true. I want to get your thoughts on Diego knowingly not going to the third round, being down on the cards, strategic veteran move or kind of bitch move.
0: I like how the, the narrative from him has changed as it's progressed, right? Um, initially, it was he was hurt too bad to continue. Then he was catching flack for that. And then he turned it into what we said online is that he took the way out to get the win, Right, He realized he was down on the scorecards, he made a veteran move, and that he knew the only way he was going to win this fight is as if he took the, de- the, the disqualification. So he did whatever he needed to do to win a fight. Now, the real blame and shame here lies on Michelle Pereira because he's the one that gave Diego Sanchez the only route out that he possibly had. And I can't blame Diego for taking it. Now, is it something that your average person is going to go, hey, man, he kind of took the easy way out. I was at a, uh, you know, with a group of guys when the fight happened, most of them thought that Diego was taking the bitch way out. However, he was losing the fight. He recognized he was losing the fight. He did what he needed to do to get the win. is it an honorable win? Probably not so much. But is it a win? It absolutely is.
1: Per his coach, Joshua Fabia, uh, round one. (laughs) Diego Sanchez was up based on points accumulated by strikes oh gosh this guy's a crook man <laughs> he's a
0: crook so man. this really is
1: yeah it's uh it, i feel bad for Diego. i don't know really know where you go from here it doesn't you know it does while you do get a win you probably got a fight bonus for actually winning you yep. have a blemish on your fight and you definitely don't want that to be the last fight of your career i don't think the ufc is going to dismiss him in any way but i don't think that in any way is this going to give him a pedestal to stand on to uh proclaim a new fight out there for him
0: yeah for sure well let's get into this new zealand card man it's a pretty quick rundown uh as far as this new zealand card goes a lot of these fights we feel pretty confident uh on our plays here and the lines are in good shape but there's not a lot of uh parody necessary necessarily in the In the fight matchups themselves, they seem to be pretty straightforward from a betting perspective and from a Vegas line perspective. So let's jump right into this main card here. Kevin Aguilar taking on Zubair Tukagov, who's one of Khabib's boy. Uh, Tukagov, as you know, is one of the the ones that jumped the fence and tried to punch or did punch McGregor. Uh, Kevin Aguilar sitting at 17-2. Tukagov is at 18 4 and 1. Um, I believe that he's fighting on this New Zealand card because he can't fight in Vegas because of the Khabib McGregor thing. Uh, and this fight's sitting at a pick'em. And I like Khabib's boy, Tukagov, here against Kevin Aguilar, who's coming off a loss to our big winner last week, Dan Ige.
1: Right. To God, one thing that's interesting about him, though, he got a suspension, obviously, for jumping the cage and punching Conor McGregor at UFC 242. But prior to that, he had an outstanding suspension that came from USADA for testing positive for Austrian. That suspension wasn't even over prior to him jumping the fence. So he's been out of the fight game for some serious time. So my only kind of, you know, looking at this conservatively, Aguilar... He's fought a lot. He's 14 for 15 in all of his bouts. He's fought in Bellator. He did lose to Dan Ige, like you said. He's a better striker. He's got some good takedown defense. But at the end of the day, you're one of Khabib's boys. You know how to grapple. You know how to lay and pray. Get the job done. I'm with Tupacab all day long.
0: Yeah, I love him and a pick him here. Um, So the next fight on the card. Oh, man. I got like this. Like I swear I'm not doing booger sugar, man, but I got a I got an itchy nose. Um, <laughs> Magomed uh. Moustayev taking on Brad the Quake Riddell. Uh, Riddell sitting at seven and one. Moustayev sitting at fourteen and three. Look, man, uh, this is as far as I know. This is essentially as close to a hometown fight as Brad Riddell is going to get, um, and he's an underdog at plus one fifteen. I think that the the energy from the Spark Arena is going to push him over the edge here in what should be a very close fight. But I think he gets it done against Mustayev. Um, I think the crowd carries him here.
1: I like it. I like the hometown favorite. I think uh, you know, kind of a good segue from talking about Khabib before. This guy beat up uh, uh, Mustayev, beat up uh, Khabib's cousin. Um, He's had some good wins, Joe Proctor. He had a submission loss to Kevin Lee. But at the end of the day... Brad Riddell has got great striking. Um, you know, he fights city kickboxing, which is completely... I mean, it, it's not getting the notoriety that it deserves. City kickboxing is super legit. Yeah. Um, I like Brad Riddell in this fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that he's coming from city bo- city kickboxing, mm-hmm. and outside of Fortis MMA, I really don't know another gym that's as hot right now. Um, so you got to ride the hot hand when it comes to gyms. you got to ride the hot hand when it comes to coaching, and I think that that's that's the right play here you know they're, they're sending Mustayev into enemy territory, and I think the city boxing, or city kickboxing gym is going to get it done here. Uh, did Mustayev look impressive in his win last April against Rafael Fiziev? He did, but prior to that, he hadn't fought in three years. I mean, he lost when he lost to Kevin Lee, that was in 2016. So you're talking about a three-year gap. He comes back, he fights once uh, in 2019, and now here we are almost a year later, and he's taken on a young, hungry killer, at, in his backyard and brad riddell um i think it's too much for him and i think he's uh, I, th- I think it's it's a wrap for him i think you great get great underdog value on riddell here in this fight uh but let's jump into some guys that weigh a little bit more here marcos de Lima taking on ben sassoli ben sassoli's coming off a loss to greg hardy but he's sitting at seven and two and marcos de Lima sitting at 16 and six uh Rogerio DeLima, man, has fought the best of the best at heavyweight and light heavyweight, taking on, uh, you know, a tough but untested Ben Sassoli here. Yeah,
1: and Ben Sassoli definitely hasn't fought the caliber, like you said, um, that Marcus has fought. Uh, he obviously has fought Greg Hardy. Um, he lost in the ever-famous Inflate Gate, if we all remember that. Um, He hasn't had the big stage exposure. He's uh, season twenty-eight Ultimate Fighter loss and the finale there. But you look at Marcos here, and Marcos, yeah, like you said, fought Thiago Santos. Uh, He's got a great record, but it's all about the caliber. And like we said, just like women's MMA, heavyweights are tough to pick. So I don't know.
0: It is when you got two guys that big throwing, and you know they're standing there and committing to playing a game of punch face. It's really hard to determine who's going to win this fight. But a couple, a couple notes that we've seen here since Rogério De Lima has entered the UFC, his losses uh, have come via decisions and submissions, not via knockout. Ben Sassoli, on the other hand, is not going to submit. Marcos Rogério Delima. He's not going to do that. Um, he's just not built that way. That's not his fight style. It's not what's going to happen. So he's going to stand there and bang. So what you have is two heavyweight guys that are committed to standing there and punching each other in the face. I think an inside the distance play here is the one to make. We'll wait to see what the over/under is on rounds. Obviously, if it's under, if it's two and a half, pound the under. But I still think that just an inside the distance play is a better, safer play. Even if the odds are, say, minus 300, it's something that's good to roll into a parlay. It's the same play for a heavyweight fight like this that seems almost destined to be a stand up battle. And when you have two heavyweights willing to stand and trade, somebody's going to sleep.
1: Yep,
0: 100%. Now, the opposite of that, if you don't go to sleep, uh, if you don't go to sleep or because you got knocked out by one of these heavyweights, what's well, going to put you to sleep? is probably this next fight. Carolina Kovalchevich <laughs> is taking on taking on Yan Zingyan. Zingyan sitting at 11 and 1. Kovalchevich is at 12 and 5. As you know, she's on a three loss. Uh she, she's on a three fight losing streak. Jingyong is obviously on a tear sitting at 11 and 1. She's rattled off decision win after decision win since coming to the UFC four straight. Kaylin Curran Uh, Vivian Pereira, Siri Kondo, and Angela Hill, who's fighting earlier on this card as well as a late replacement. But I think this fight has decision-written all over it. Do not play this fight inside the distance. That's the play.
1: That is 100% the play. The only thing I disagreed with you on is uh, the whole going to sleep. Carolina is hot. I push everyone to watch this fight. She is on a three-fight losing skid, but you have to look at she's never been the same in a year and a half after being knocked down by Jessica Andrade. It's never been the same. So I think that she has an ability to have a resurgence. She's going to come back, and I think this is where it's going to get done. But being that it's women's MMA, you have a decision queen in yawn, I would like to play exactly the distance on this for sure.
0: I'm 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 confused by this. I'm confused by this, because I just I want to I want to camp here for a second, because we've taught we we've talked about women fighters before, but she is the first one that you've actually ever commented and said whether or not they're attractive. That's a first.
1: No. Yes. No 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 no. Yes. no there's many attractive. Actually, we were just saying- talking about. You were talking about Jan, you know, fighting Angela Hill. She also she also fought Kaylin Curran, who I think is highly, highly attractive. Um that's <laughs> because you like so. the lion
0: surfer vibe. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Never mind. I got it. I got it. I, yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble. All right. So let's go. Let's get, let's jump right into this. I can, I'll event. break
1: out the list. If you want me to break out the list, I'll break it out. But
0: no, I actually let's just, let's do that instead. Go to the comment section of the video and give me a top five list. Uh, if you're watching this, of, the, uh, of who your top five women's MMA fighters are all time. And if Gina Carano is not number one, you're wrong. All right. Co main <laughs> event Jimmy Crute's taking on Michael Ola Jasek. Jimmy Crute at 10 and 1, the hometown kid taking on Michael uh, Ola Jasek at 14 and 3. Ola Jasek's coming off a submission via Vaughn Prue choke to Oven St. Prue, but prior to that was tearing everybody up with knockouts over Anta Gulov, Jean Vallant, and a unanimous thrashing of Khalil Roundtree uh, almost three years ago now. Uh, Ola Jacek is sitting as the only favorite on this card that you and I are taking, uh, and he's at a minus 145, which is a great price.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy Crude, I mean, while you are the hometown favorite, he's got wins over Sam Alvey and uh, Paul Craig, uh, but he's got good striking. He's a bit of an emotional fighter, so you kind of want to be careful with that. He said, you know, in the past that he needs to really kind of hone it in and stay within his. Is striking, he should probably grapple, but he's going to want to strike. Um, but you know, when you're going to strike against someone who is much better at striking you, that could end horribly, and that's what we're kind of banking on.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think a uh, inside the distance play here is also great. Not going to put the stamp on it as an official pick, but I love an inside the distance play here. I think Jimmy Coots going to come out. Ton of filled with tons of piss and vinegar and emotion because he's fighting in front of his countrymen, and he's going to come out there and try to kill Olajacek, and Olajacek is too damn surgical. The only thing that really cost him that fight against Oven St. Prue was the fact that he was real lackadaisical in his approach to defending the Vaughn flu choke. I don't think that people realize how big and strong and heavy ovin saint prue is until it's too late and he gets that leverage on you he starts cramming that shoulder in and next thing you know you're out cold you just can't do anything about it so uh i think olajasek just took too lackadaisical of an approach when it comes when it came to defending that choke had he done you know done his research and been a little bit more uh fought with a little bit more salt he would have i think he would have won that fight but he didn't and here we are now i think he beats jimmy Cruz, 145 favorite i think he gets it done main event The bloodbath we've all been waiting for. Paul Felder, seventeen and four, taking on Dan Hooker at nineteen and eight. Obviously, Dan Hooker has been pining for this fight. He wants it bad. Says he's going to hurt Paul Felder. Says he's going to dismantle him.
1: Do you think
0: that can happen?
1: Um, You know, I look at it. You know, this is kind of you know a very uh, cosmetic way to look at it. But Paul Felder is a much bigger guy, and the reason is he's always come back, whether that's uh, going from welterweight to lightweight. Dan Hooker, on the other hand, goes from featherweight to lightweight. So from a frame-wise, you're looking at Paul Felder and you're thinking he's a much bigger guy. Um, Dan Hooker, I think, has got a little bit better striking. um, And you have to be worried. These are the type of fights, while it could be a bloodbath and it could go the distance, you do not want this fight to go to the distance. Because if it does, Dan Hooker will win this fight. These are one of those fights where a bloodbath the distance always fares in light of the hometown favorite that is Dan Hooker. I like this. I like this fight for Paul Felder. I think the two consecutive win streaks—they both murdered James Vick. We know that, but I think he's on a he's on a roll right now. He's confident, and I think Dan Hooker's a good matchup for him.
0: Yeah, the X factor in this entire fight. The X factor in this entire fight is a guy that's not even going to be in the arena, and that guy's name is Edson Barboza. Uh, right. Paul Felder is the you know for lack of a better way to put it he's the white edson barboza they have a mirrored style they are nearly identical hence the reason why the fights against each other have gone the way that they have is because it's it's you fighting yourself it's like if you're if you were shadow boxing and you were actually getting hit back is the way edson barboza and paul felder match up now you take that and you apply that to what edson barboza did to dan hooker and you now have the blueprint on how to beat dan hooker if you're dan hooker you now get a second shot at beating edson barboza through his little bit slower proctor in uh paul felder so it's a chance for dan hooker to almost fight the same opponent twice and it's a chance for paul felder to see a blueprint that worked that fits into his wheelhouse perfectly he doesn't have to change anything that he does he just has to do it well i think he gets it done plus 120 another underdog winner paul the irish dragon felder gets it done
1: so let's do a little bit of a recap here because while we only did big pick one favorite, we had an inside the distance play and we had a, you know, it goes the distance play. Sure. So, Dale, let's do a little bit of a rundown through the main card again.
0: Yep. So, starting from the top and working our way back, Paul Felder uh, at plus 120. We're taking Michael Olajasek at minus 145. Carolina versus Yang Junyang, uh, at, we're taking that. At the distance. And Marcos de Lima versus Ben Sassoli inside the distance. Magomed Mustayev taking on Brad Riddell. We're taking Riddell sitting at a plus 115. And Zubair Tukagov taking on Kevin Aguilar Tukagov at plus 145. Getting it done against Kevin Aguilar. All underdogs, all the time. We're going to crush this card. It's over with.
1: I like it so anyone that's listening to this and you want to make some serious money share this podcast with your friends Because while this card may not have the name value that you need or it might not have the marketing association to make this a big-time card These are the cards where you make some serious cash So tell your friends about this podcast. Don't just give them the pics. Let them listen check us out on all our social channels punch list MMA um, And obviously find our podcast on all podcast platforms and if you want to see us in live In the flesh, you want to see Dale's gorgeous beard, YouTube.
0: That's it. That's it, absolutely. YouTube at PunchListMMA, absolutely fantastic. Guys, I know that some of you have reached out to us before and said, why don't you cover the prelim card? Uh, In events like this, we don't cover the prelim card because there's nothing to cover. There are fights here, but it's nothing worth getting fired up about. Um, Takashi Sato maybe will beat Maki Patalo. Maybe. Um, and then the only other thing that I can really see would be if you wanted to parlay Kai Cara France and Angela Hill together. That's really it. If you throw that parlay together, you're getting about 1.5 return on your money. Uh, if you're throwing Angela Hill and Kai France, uh together, you get that 1.5 return. Outside of that, this is the reason why we don't touch prelim cards most of the time. Because most of the time, it's it's matchups that they're just too far you're not going to make any money on it uh for a fun fight perspective something to you know if you're first one at buffalo wild wings and you're watching it a fun fight sleeper fight of the night on on this card will be on the undercard and that is jake matthews taking on a meal meek a meal meek is an animal not afraid to bleed comes to fight every time he wants to kill or be killed inside there and jake matthews is prone to choking When the lights are the brightest Uh, last time he had a hometown fight he was the first one to lose and that's what caused the domino hometown effect uh hopefully that doesn't happen this time because we've got a couple new zealand guys that are fighting after him but that's a fight to keep an eye on emil meek versus jake matthews emil meek is a monster and jake matthews is prone to crumbling emil meek sitting at a plus 185 underdog i'm just throwing it out there not actually stamping it as a play that's it for the prelim card. Guys, take advantage of all of our sponsors. Go to stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST to get 10% off your entire order. Or if you want some CBD products, if you're feeling a little stressed out because you don't know what to do because you don't want to listen to us and your, your, your paycheck's low now and your bank account's low because you don't listen to us, go to savinggracecbd.com and use promo code CASH20 and get 20% off your entire order. That's a massive, that's a massive discount.